Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Tribe Supper, your go-to Middlesbrough FC podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Musgrove, and today I'm joined by Dom Shaw. Craig isn't available to join us on today's episode. He's been up to see Chris Wilder held a press conference in person for the first time in quite a while. So he's a bit snowed under with all that Chris Wilder had to talk about and we will get on um, to what the manager had to say, of course, after that fantastic win against Spurs in the FA Cup. And Dom, that's the only place we can really start. What a performance, what a result for Middlesbrough and a big, big draw coming up in the next round as well. Yeah, it was a uh, it was a brilliant night. It was a fantastic. I think I think the thing was at Man United. Obviously, it was an incredible night. Um, but the, you know there was an acceptance afterwards. The board had obviously rolled the luck a little bit. You know, Man U had missed a heart full of chances. Ronaldo had missed his penalty. Um, although Borough did play very very well on the night. The, you know that that was the feeling. But on Tuesday night, um, Borough absolutely deserved to win there was no arguments there and Antonio Conte said as much afterwards um and it half time in extra time I mean the first half of extra time was just breathless and brilliant but but ran rings around them and and at half time in extra time I thought then this is going to be so harsh on Borough so cruel if if they don't if they don't end up going through um I think you know a couple of things I think when you're playing against a team like that and when you've got Kane and Son up top, as disappointing as, as Spurs were on the night, you're always aware, aren't you, that it all all it takes is a split second, um, and and it's turned and it's turned like that. So you, you can never truly truly relax, even though Borough were dominant. Um, and the other thing, you know, often you know what it's like in extra time, the intensity drops. A because of fatigue and B because the players are kind of conscious of, of what's coming and, and are scared of losing the game. Um, but Bunny were just fearless and just kept coming and kept coming. Even after they scored the goal, uh, you know, they didn't drop deep and invite invite the pressure on. Um uh, and the atmosphere was just, you know, just incredible. And and the prospect of another of another occasion like that at the Riverside, undoubtedly a, a sellout, you know, mass the champions of Europe in town. Um that promises to be another another fantastic occasion. Certainly does. Of course, they're drawing Chelsea in the next round. Let's talk about a few of the players who stood out. Now, everyone is talking about House and Lumley. But, I mean, there was a save right at the end of the game where it took a deflection off a Borough player and he had, he had to adjust really quickly. It was a fantastic save. But just before we get on to, to uh, those couple of players, I just want to throw in Saul Bamba. Now, I know he came on very late. And but I tell you what, there was a challenge. He only made oh, it yeah, yeah, from Paul. Yeah, what an important tackle that was because otherwise, I can't remember who the player was. He was in, he was one on one with the keeper. What a challenge that was. And uh, you know, it's been a remarkable story for him. Um, but it, it, it just sums up that, that that kind of moment right there, bringing him on when you need to show up the game, it sums up why he's, why he's still in and around this squad. And Lee Peltier as well, for that, for that very reason, because Peltier came on at half time in extra time and, and didn't put a foot wrong just as he hadn't at, at Manchester United. And, and I think, you know, the thing with both of these players is they were brought in in the summer. Warnock knew what he'd played, you know, he'd managed them previously, um, big characters coming in for that experience. And and they've both proved to be, you know, obviously they weren't the headline additions in the summer by any means, but they've both proved to be 
excellent signings and, and, and neither of them have ever come close to letting Borough down this season. And, you know, we, we all know Bamba's story and what he's been through. Um, uh, I listened to uh, Steve Crossman's, um, the, they did an all about Middlesbrough pod before the game and it was on, it was on uh, I think it was on uh, BBC before the game on Tuesday night. And the Bamba interview was just great, you know, as ever, just kind of radiating his, his positivity. Um, and and you can just see why he's such a big character and a big a big personality around the place and the effect he'll have on the dressing room. Um, but as you say, there were so many individuals uh, that you could you could pick out. Obviously, we're going to highlight a few, but um, across the pitch, Borough were brilliant. Well, we've talked about one man there who's aging and heading towards the end of his career in Bamba. And one of the men who stood out, and I think he got man of the match, actually, was Housen. And he's not exactly a young chap, is he? And he, he was running that game. And, of course, he did go off towards the end, and he did look like he was um, he was feeling it towards the end. But, you know, by that's expected with the, with, the, with the effort he put in. He was across everything. He was getting the tackles in. He was making the passes. There were some lovely uh, runs he was making. He, he was playing out of his skin. It was an absolutely superb performance from him. Oh, it I was saying this the day after. Um, Borough fans still talk about the Mendieta performance against Man United. You know, if you say the Mendieta game, everyone knows what which game you're on about. Um, I think this is one. I think this is one of those performances that will be talked about for years down the line. And initially, I'm thinking, am I just getting carried away in the immediate aftermath of a game? But I still feel that way three days on, which is normally a reflection that um, you know you, you might be onto something. Um, and uh, you know, captain leading by example up against up against Spurs, a team that had dominated, battered Leeds a few days earlier. Harry Winks, you know, former England international, you you know, perhaps still on the on, on Gareth Southgate's radar. Housing just absolutely bossed it. And I think the other thing is, um, we know how we know how Harry Kane plays now. He's not a number nine, is he? Um, he, he drops so deep. You know, we saw we how we played against Leeds. He's he he drops into ten. He almost drops into an eight and six at times, doesn't he? So Houston had to not only be aware of what was in front of him uh, with the midfield, but also kind of what was coming behind and 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 Son and and Kane dropping into those pockets. He just absolutely bossed the game. It was one of the most dominant performances. Um, I've seen, and and when his name was announced as man of the match at the end of the game, the kind of roar of approval and recognition told you everything, really. Um, you know, he's thirty-three year old, but given given the way he plays, you know, he's all action. You'd think at that stage, is he having to is he having to um, slightly alter his game to to you know to uh, take into account his his kind of um, the, how long he's been at it, but not nothing of the sort. He, he's playing as well now as he as he ever has done for Borough. There's a question of his future because his contract runs out at the end of this season. So has has Chris Wilder mentioned anything about whether we think he'll be getting a new deal? Because I mean, I suppose performances like that, if the mind hasn't already been made up, and of course it might come back to House and saying, you know, I want guarantee first team football, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But performances like that can only make the decision. A lot easier, can't it? Yeah, I don't know whether there's an option um, or, or or whatever. You know, I don't know what kind of what whether there was any extension option put in when he signed his extension last year. Um, but I, I don't foresee any issues. You know, I can well imagine that Chris Wilder's going to be desperate to keep Johnny Housen around. Um, there's no reason 
at this stage that Housing is gonna is gonna want to move elsewhere. I don't think without being privy to any uh, any conversations that have been had. I think the thing with Housing is he is the ultimate professional, isn't he? So Chris Wilder will will be keen to focus on um, the promotion race, and you know he's already said he's he'll, he'll put that he'll put any contracts to the back to the back of his mind for now and prioritise the games. Housen's the type where that won't bother him. You know, he won't let any kind of uncertainty foster foister away in his mind. Um, it, it, you can see that it's not affecting his performances at all. So I don't foresee any any big issues there. And I think Lovely. the other thing is with Housen, sorry, in his interview afterwards, um, he was talking about, you know, being a role model, the likes of him and Sol Bamber and Lee Peltier, how they've got to set the example and set the standards for the likes of Marcus Tavernier and Isaiah Jones and Josh Coburn and Anthony Dykesteel, Mark Baller, all those players who, you know, are kind of eight, nine, ten years younger. Um, and there aren't many better role models, really. You know, no nonsense, just gets on with it, no thrills, just, just you know, um, the, the ultimate professional on and off the pitch. And, um, you know, having those characters round is of crucial importance, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. And, you know, like we say, he got my the match and it was thoroughly deserved. Lumily. Now, you know, we've mentioned in this podcast, you know, he's he's got his critics and, and, and some of the criticism he gets is thoroughly deserved. And we kind of saw the, the, the best and worst of him against Spurs. He had a he had a, a start which probably had a lot of people watching the game th- through their hands. And then he suddenly turned into this world-class goalkeeper for some of the game. And some of the saves he, he was pulling off were absolutely brilliant. And you know, we need to see that on a, on a you know on a, on a more consistent basis with him. Yeah, fair play to him because obviously there was the the rush of blood in the first half when he came um, terracing out the goal and 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 almost got punished. Um, and there was a few nervy moments in the first half when uh, he, you know he, he he came. Obviously, that he, he was he was playing as a sweeper. That's clearly the instruction that he's had. And fair play to him. He was you know he was off his line. There was no kind of indecision there. There was that one time when obviously he got caught out. Um, and given his shaky performances of late and the fact that, you know, you can sense a bit of nervousness in the stands, um, to recover from that first half scare the way he did and make a string of saves. Um, I mean, there was one that the Son back heel where it almost looked like it was in and he managed to get down to it. Then there was the saves late on. Um there was a free kick which he tipped around the post. I think it was Dyer's free kick which he tipped around the post. I think it shows his strength of character, really, to come back from that. And fair play to him. He was, you know, obviously Coburn gets all the plaudits for the winner. Johnny Housen for, for his man of the match performance. Marcus Tavernier for his excellence in midfield. And Isaiah Jones on the right. But Lumley played as as, as important a role as anyone in, in Borough's victory. Um, and, and hopefully that can kind of give him the boost uh, to, to kick on now and, and to and to you know keep a string of clean sheets and you know he wasn't helped at Barnsley yeah the goal that went through his legs you know he won't have enjoyed watching that back um but he wasn't helped by the the defense performance in front of him but were uncharacteristically shaky there um <clears throat> but rock solid on Tuesday night and hopefully that'll be the case on, on Saturday against Luton. Before we talk about Coburn because a tremendous strike you can understand why Alan Shearer was raving about it if he'd hit one like that, he would have certainly been happy with it. It was a, a really, really good goal and a, a deserved one as well for Middlesbrough. Just talk about the return of Crooks because obviously he's been missing the last two games because of suspension. And I, I don't know about you, Don, but you, you could see the the gap left with his absence. And he came back in and against 
against Spurs, he, he put in a very good good performance, and it just makes that midfield question, you know, even a tougher dilemma, but a welcome dilemma for for Chris Wilder. Yeah, it, it was unfortunate for Riley McGree because obviously Crooks's um, suspension was an opportunity for McGree, and he was excellent against West Brom, really good. And then obviously he gets his little calf strain, so he missed out against uh, Barnsley when he'd have obviously started. And James Lee Saliki came in, and and that didn't quite work. Um, so so it was unfortunate, really, the timing of that uh, for McGree because it was a real opportunity for him. But yeah, Crooks has been. Crooks has been hugely important this year, and I think, but he was one of the players who, you know, if you were going to say who don't you want to have to go without for a couple of games, it would have been Crooks, and um, he was as influential as ever on on Tuesday night. He's he's been a, a fine signing, and um, as you said, with McGreef again now, you know, Wilder said this morning, good news on the injury front. Um, it's it's we had this conversation last week in the midfield. It's hard to see where he gets in, really, uh, as, as impressive as he was against West Brom, because, you know, who do you drop out? Tavernier, who's getting better by the week, um, and appears to be silencing those critics that I thought were pretty ridiculous in the in the first place. Um, Crooks, who, who, you know, kind of picks itself, and then Housen, who's obviously always going to start. So the only... Then, you know, we talked about does, does Tavernier move to left wing-back, but now Mark Ball is available again and came off the bench. So, But as you say, this is what Wilder wants, isn't it? You know, when he first came in, he talked about um, <clears throat> turning to the bench in games and perhaps not seeing the depth and the options that he wanted. Um, well, he's certainly got that now. And, and you would say he's going to need it when you look at the kind of fixture flurry coming up, um, especially with the, the rearranged Cardiff game now because there's an extra cup tie. To put in, you've got Sheffield United next week, which is a rearranged game. So it's this spell. We know that Wilder doesn't doesn't think for the sake of it, but I, I think you know he'll have to manage his manage his squad closely and carefully, really, over the coming weeks. Well, in his press comments today, he did he did say there are a few tired legs, but we have to recover quickly. Um, so that he, and he was talking about the recovery after the Man United game. He said it was a tough week after that to recover. And then he says. Um, they're going to be more tough weeks. These weeks ahead will be tough and there will have to be a lot of emphasis placed on recovery to go again. And I guess, though, that need for recovery, as tough as it will be, it's made a little bit easier, as we've said, by the choices he has got, say, in the centre midfield area or the midfield area in general, where you know if someone is feeling a bit tired, he knows he has got quality to, to come in and, and someone can come and play the same role if Crooks has to drop out or, or what have you. Yeah, we you know we we've seen him rotate the centre forwards um, between the four, and uh, obviously he's got Coburn there as well as as proven on 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 Tuesday night. Um, the defence kind of picks itself, and you look at that back three of Dyke Steele, Fry, and McNair, and you think he'll he'll only change that if he if he has to really, you know, if he's absolutely forced into it. McNair went off on uh, on Tuesday night, um, for example. Um, but even then, you've got you know reliable players like um, like Lee Pelty and Sol Bamba to come in. You've got Nathan Wood, who who we haven't really seen, but is there in the background. Now Mark Ball is fit. You've got Neil Taylor, who could potentially tuck inside. So so um, he does have options there. It's the midfield where uh, he hasn't. Re- you know that's the obvious three. But when you look at the work that they go through, uh, House and Tavernier and, and Crooks. You know, will there come a time when he has to tinker with those? And and McGree is certainly going to be knocking on the door, judging by that West Brom performance performance last week. 
Um, and then there's Martin Piero as well. Obviously, he's injured. His, his injury was you know very untimely for him. Unfortunate. It, it, that kind of sums up his season really. Um, but when he's back, it's just another. It's just another um, something else for, for Wilder to ponder. Let's talk about Coburn then. I would say a, a great strike came off the bench, knowing that Middlesbrough needed needed a goal, obviously to get get through. And he, he's just been on this kind of meteoric rise, hasn't he? From from you know the youth system coming through. Obviously, left he left Sunderland, didn't he? And he ended up at Borough. And just really nice to see. And what I, I enjoyed as well in the celebrations. I mean, like I said, it was a great goal. Was he went to the crowd and he lifted his arms and he wanted to get them, you know, going up to the next level, which was really nice to see. And he he just thoroughly enjoyed the moments. And it was a it was a fantastic strike. It it's probably gone. Not under the radar, but he's such a good and instinctive finisher. What did go under the radar, given what followed Neil Warnock's departure, was was how good his goal was at West Brom when he scored there. Um, and when you look, you know, he's a natural finisher. Uh, he's instinctive, as I say. He's a handful for a young lad. He, you know, he certainly doesn't seem to be phased by by anything, as we saw on Tuesday night. Um and what a finish that was! You know, the the ang- every angle you look at, it's it's uh, it was one of them where it looked like it felt pure. Do you play golf, Moz? No. no. Well, no. golfers will know, and this is very rare occurrence for me. But you know, you know when you've hit one and you barely feel it. You know, you know when you've got that when you've got that perfect uh, strike. As I say, it's very rare for me, especially with a long iron. Um, but uh, it, that that's what it looked like, where it was just pure right off the bat. Great finish, great scenes that follow, great celebrations for him. And, um, you know, speaking to everyone who who has kind of had anything to do with his um, development of Borough, those who know him, they just say he is exactly how he comes across. You know, a humble, lovely young lad, um, but but very hungry as well. And Johnny Houston was saying afterwards, his attitude every day is, is brilliant. And I think Houston said, you know, he's got a big career ahead of him. Well, Houston's not the type who... Uh, he says things for the sake of saying them, you know. He's, if he if he says something like that, he means it. Um, and yeah, fair play to him. No matter what I've said a few times, no matter what happens in his career now, hopefully he goes on to have a great career. But no matter what happens, you know, you you never take that moment away, do you? That that the moment that um, uh, that you score at your home to a local boy comes through the academy, scores in an FA Cup, sell out Riverside to knock out Spurs. That you know, that's what it's all about, isn't it? 100% in that memory, like you say, will last a lifetime. Just to finish up on that game before we look ahead to, to the looting game, uh, there was a bit of needle in that, in the, in the game against Spurs. I think Spurs were getting more frustrated and, and Middlesbrough were kind of, you know, they were just taking out on Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough players didn't back down. And uh, what I liked was that we had the quality of Middlesbrough, but we also had that bit of fight and needle about them. And it, I don't know, to me, does that sum up, Dom, for you, what Chris Wilder's Middlesbrough is all about? They're not afraid of the fight. But they have not just a moment of quality; they have quite a lot of quality, and they can, you know, on their day, they can go out and beat anybody. Yeah, I think the character, you know, that the 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 um, we've seen that in abundance, really. Even when you look at the late winners against Blackpool and, and that flurry of late goals that um, that Borough scored, um, the way they came, the way they came back at, at Old Trafford and, and held it together to win on penalties. Um, Early on this season, and it seems an eternity ago now, but we looked at Borough and, and this, you know, they, they, were, they were very naive um, in the early weeks of the season. And it was something that we said, you don't expect of a Neil Warnock team, but they were naive. They weren't as streetwise you'd expect them to be. Um, they, were, they were a little bit kind of 
weak at the at the center really a bit soft centered um but that you know there's nothing of the sort now you, you know you're not going to bully this Borough team out of a out of a win i know as i say it was a disappointing performance of Barnsley last week but i think that the way Borough defended and you know hopefully you put it down as just one of those days where you draw a line under it um but i think it says everything really about the character of the team and the the the, the message that chris wilder is getting across is that when there has been a setback um, they've responded superbly. There was Preston where he had a niggle at the attitude and the bounce back with the win at Huddersfield, which um, is possibly still one of the best performances of under Chris Wilder. Huddersfield haven't lost since. I think it's 17 games unbeaten since, since early November. Um, but also, as well as bouncing back from setbacks, you know, the, 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 yeah, after the Man United game, for example, you kind of think, is it going to be, you know, after the Lord Mayor's show now? But it wasn't, but it kicked on. And you know, looking ahead to Luton this weekend, that's exactly what Borough need to do because uh, you can't take your eye off the ball in the championship. Borough slipped out the top six last week. Luton are flying, Sheffield United are flying, Borough's next two opponents. And, you know, if the next two games didn't go to plan for Borough, then they could they could have left themselves a little bit of a mountain to climb. If they do go to plan, then you think, you'd A, what a statement and B, what a boost it's going to be to have to have beaten Spurs in the FA Cup, to have Chelsea to look forward to, and to get one over on two rivals. Um, so it's it's you know this next four or five days is is as crucial a spell as we've as we've seen under Wilder so far, undoubtedly. Yeah, one hundred percent. And just finally on the the cup game, one of the things I did love, and if you were at the stadium, you might have not had seen it, but when the final whistle went and Wilder walked onto the pitch, obviously the cameraman's doing his job and he's straight into the face with the camera. And it looked to me like Wilder, no in certain terms, told him to get out of his face and putting it politely. And I thought it was, I don't know, which is a, a great moment. Me and, my, me and my dad certainly applauded that. We were. I didn't say that. Time. I enjoyed it. It was good because um, Coburn was being interviewed by... Uh, by BBC, presumably, for the TV, and they had him kind of down near the dugouts. And it was when all the players were over celebrating uh, in front of the South Stand and dan dancing and bouncing along. And kind of you could see Coburn looking, and, you know, he was desperate to be part of it. And they were obviously waiting for, to get the nod from the studio or whatever. And he finally got the nod to go over and join in with the celebrations. And, you know, when he did go over, the players were just moving on, but uh, the South Stand made sure they gave him. And it was probably better for him because he had that moment on his own then. Um, well, the, the, the audio, the, I don't know if it actually, the audio wasn't working. So they, they, they asked him a question. The audio just didn't, it was just crackling. So they decided they are. Oh, is that why it was? Yeah, right. so that's why he got a leg early. But I was thinking the, the same thing when I was watching. You were thinking, just let him go. And it seems to be a journalist. And cup finals or whatever. Yeah, I know they've got a job to do. And uh, But yeah, you think, because those scenes at full time were brilliant. The atmosphere and, um, you know, I, I think it's, it's I've I read a couple of things saying it's one of the best Riverside nights since, since the European nights. And it absolutely undoubtedly was. But, you know, when, when you talk about the great Riverside Knights, one that always comes up is the semi-final win over Liverpool in, in 98. Um, and, you know, this was this was right up there. I'm not saying, you know, that was a semi-final. Obviously, a Borough absolutely blew Liverpool away. So it's not a direct comparison. But this is undoubtedly one of those nights that will still be getting talked about, as was the Man United win. You know, this is one of those nights that will still be getting talked about years down the line, especially, right, think... especially in the Coburn household. Yes, I imagine. Fingers crossed. Another great night when Chelsea do arrive. 
Um, we, we mentioned there, you know, getting beat off Barnsley, and we said, oh, well, hopefully it's just a little, a little slip in, in the road. But we've also mentioned the games they've got coming up. Now, you know, we can't afford Middlesbrough to have too many bumps in the road, given how tight it is in the league and how many games are remaining. And especially, like we say, they're facing teams around them where if they do slip up, that hands the advantage directly to the rivals who are battling for, you know, these um, four playoff places. So it, is the way they performed against Spurs and the way they dominated most of the game, is there a slight frustration, you think, Dom? I mean, do you have a slight frustration that they do then, you know, they, they slipped up against Barnsley, a team really when you're aiming for the top, you shouldn't be losing to the, to the bottom side in the league. I think that Barnsley game was, you know, I I didn't see it coming. Um, and I know, you know, typical Borough and all that, but I, I, I didn't go into it. I, the way Barnsley have been playing, I know the one last week beforehand, but um, and the way Borough have been playing, I, I didn't see that. I didn't see that one. Uh, you know, I didn't see that one coming. It wasn't. It's not like Borough have been really hit and miss in the league, and then they pull out the performance like that in the cup. Largely, they've been extremely consistent since Chris Wilder took charge. The, the away form is undoubtedly an issue. Um, uh, you know, the, the, the recent performances and what the point results away from home haven't been up to scratch. And that obviously puts pressure on the home games, but they're certainly coping with that pressure. It's eight wins on the bounce now at home. Um, but, you know, these next two games, Luton and Sheffield United, you, you know, someone offered you four points now beat Luton and draw Sheffield United. I don't think there's many fans who, who turn the nose up at that. Um, Luton are flying. Yeah, I watched them in midweek against Chelsea and they were they were very unlucky. Um, they're, you know, they've won three on the bounce. They're into the top six now, two points ahead of Borough. And without pointing out the, the blatantly obvious, either Borough jump ahead of them tomorrow or they'll find themselves five points behind. Um, and, and just like that, you know, it, it turns and then suddenly Borough... Are having to play catch up, um, so I, I think these next two games are certainly must not lose games. You want to win one of them, um, but I, I don't think. Yeah, there's a frustration at how at how last Saturday played out. That was a poor performance at a game you'd expect to win. Um, but I think on the whole, you know, you've got to be delighted with with the level of performances and the results. Borough, you know, you need to kind of remind yourself as to where Borough were really when um, when Chris Wilder took charge. At that point, the, you kind of thought, well, if we can force our way into the playoff picture, it's testament to the work Wilder's done that only a few weeks ago, and even still now, you'd say it was a, it would be a disappointment if Borough didn't make the top six. Um, now, obviously, that you know, with with the early form comes expectation, but as Wilder said, that's what you want because. That expectation shows that you're playing well. It shows that you're getting results. Um, that's how you're going to get bums back on seats. You know, the fans who were there in midweek, they're going to want to come back. It's going to be another sellout for Chelsea. Um, so that's something that the good teams just have to have to deal with. Um, you just hope now, such a good feel factor around the place after that midweek win. You know, if you could make it nine wins on the bounce at home, and, you know, give a punch to the gut of one of your rivals, then it had really round off a, a brilliant week after the disappointment of Barnsley last Saturday. Certainly would do. But you know what tends to happen in these situations? We'll be on the next podcast saying they've backed down to earth with a, with a bump. But fingers crossed we won't be. There's always that chance in football, isn't there? And it won't be an easy game, Don, because Luton, 
for many, the surprise package, you know, but they deserve to be where they are. You know, they've performed really well this season. And, you know, I mean, obviously they're right in the mix for it. How, it's, how do you see it going? Because it, it it could be one for the neutrals, really. You've got two informed teams, you know, going at it, two teams in good good spirits, as you say. It could be a really good game to watch. Yeah, well, you know, Luton are pretty fearless. Um, they, 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 they kind of don't sit back. I think, you know, watching their game in midweek, I can't remember which pundits were on, but it was, it was Michael Richards, obviously. Um, and uh, he, he was saying that when he'd heard Nathan Jones beforehand say that they were going to start, on, going to play on the front foot, he kind of thought, you know, that, that's, that's suicide against a team like Chelsea. They'll just pick you off. Um, but they, they, they did play like that and they took, to, they took the game to them and they were unlucky, certainly not to take it to extra time. Um, you know, they only play one way. They're bold. Uh, as you say, they are, they are absolutely in the playoff picture now with the way they're going. Um, but at the minute... Other than Fulham, um, on home turf, Borough are probably the team that you wouldn't want to play. You know, eight wins in a row. Uh, it's, a, it's a fantastic record. It's that consistency that, you know, every team craves for at home. Um, so I, I'd still, I still fancy Borough to, to do the job tomorrow and to build on, on the midweek win. Um, and then that sets the trip to Sheffield United up, up perfectly. And, you know, a win tomorrow but likely get Borough back in the in the top six or certainly right knocking on the door again um, without working out the maths. Um, so, yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, there's, there's no getting away from the importance of the game. But so far in those big games, especially in home, Bournemouth, Forest, Spurs in midweek, West Brom last week, uh, Borough, Borough have risen to the occasion. Fingers crossed they do again. We'll bring you full coverage of that game via our live blog on gazettelive.co.uk. And if you head over to the website now, you can read all the comments from Chris Wilder and his press conference. Please remember to like and follow the podcast through your podcast provider and leave us a rating and review. And of course, pass the pod amongst your Borough supporting family and friends. Dom, thank you for joining us. Craig, all being well, should be back with us next week and hopefully we're talking about another Borough win. And yeah, enjoy your weekend.